Hello and welcome to the Extra Podcast. My name is Sarah Friesen and I have three people around the table with me, John, Greg, and Kendra, and they are going to introduce themselves briefly. Oh, wow. Brief. Brief. Hi, I'm John. My This is my voice. Um, yes, I am a pastoral intern here at Northview at the Mission Campus, and I am here to talk with others today. My name is Greg. Uh, I am the East Abbotsford Campus Pastor. And have had the privilege of uh, walking through the immersed classes with these uh, fine folks around the table these last few years. So finishing up my master's around the same time as as they will, too. And I'm Kendra. Uh, I've been on staff for the last two and a half years at Northview uh, during the pastoral internship, just like Sarah and John. And uh, yeah, it's great to be with you this morning. Great. We are in part two of a two-part series. Last week, we talked about theology, why does it matter? And we talked about faith and works. John presented on that. And what, you want to say oh, something? Oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's good, we're going to leave talk, it. I did talk a lot. That's all right. And I talked about law and gospel. And if you didn't hear those, you don't need to go back and listen to them right now. It's totally fine. But it does kind of connect a little bit. We will be re- referring back to it slightly. Um, but part two this week, Kendra is going to be talking about words and deeds. And Greg will be talking about sovereign or God's sovereignty and um, personal responsibility. But we also recognize that it is the start of December. And our church just got decorated this week. Mm-hmm. Brand new decorations. Mm. You'll see it on Sunday. It's very right. Christmassy. Yeah. So are your homes decorated already? Not even close. No. No. no mine either. December 23rd. Oh, mine are fully up. <laughs> Everything. Fully. The lights. Yeah. We are the ready, tree, man. Ready we were we finished when I got back from uh, ETS. Uh, when we were traveling a few weeks ago, uh, this the day I got home, the first full day that I was home, we just <laughs> hit it hard. Like Christmas music Lights on, out, Christmas having mu- some eggnog. So here's my role with Chris. My rule with Christmas music Greg's is that excited about you, Greg has a rule about yeah. this. My rule with Christmas music is that you you can't listen to the like Santa e songs until December. Okay, but we can think about the Lord's incarnation mm. every day of the year. Yes, we can. So, for whatever reason, people so get all bent Tomlin out of shape about incarnation songs. On. Like, oh, you can't listen to uh, Oh Joy Come Let World. Us Adore Him in October. That's garbage. You totally can. Oh, we can only think about the incarnation for four weeks. Actually, no. All year. All the, year. the fact that the eternal Son of God enfleshed Himself and became a human can we can actually think about that in October. I know a yeah, number I've... of people that are probably audibly like clapping their hands and saying. Preach it, Greg. Santa baby? Not till December. December 1st. Okay. <laughs> I love That's it. That's my rule. Oh, come all you faithful. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, anytime. Okay. So, uh, yeah, our lights are up. And uh, this year, I am, I'm, I'm very uh, inordinately pleased with myself this year because we have a remote that does Ooh. our exterior lights. So I can be inside my house, press the on, and all my exterior lights go on. No Ooh. timer, though? They're no not timer. on a timer? No timer. Okay, no, well, what if you're out control. for the evening? Then... No uh, our neighbor will have to come in and help. Oh, that's okay. great. Uh, and then internally, all of our lights are set to uh, a switch in our in our house. So you know how like sometimes yeah. in houses, like mm-hmm. a lamp or yeah. one particular yeah. outlet is to a switch. So I did so my whole Christmas lights tree. to that. So you just press that switch on and you are like full festive in 15 seconds. And does the music cue when the lights go on at the no. same time? 
That's next year's project. So thanks for bringing me back down. Yeah. (laughs) So normally we are kind of a December 1st family, like, set up, because we've got a November birthday, and we kind of wait till that's over. Um, But last week we decided to move. So Mm. we are moving (laughs) December 9th, which means... Or December 10th. I think we're moving December 10th. Well, eventually. We'll get one in of a, those days. So, Just someday yeah, in December. Do you have a Christmas tree? Well, or we'll is get that one. Too much with no, the no, no, no. We'll get stuff. one. Okay. We'll get one for sure. We'll still, we'll, we'll still decorate because Charlie, I have a 13 year old daughter. And so she would like mm. to have decorated last month. She'd oh, like your house, right. Greg. Yeah. That's too early. Yeah. John, but when would you do John, it? this is your when first Christmas Mary. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Believe me, she has boxes of Christmas stuff. There you go. More than any sane human should have. Um, you, Sorry, you I love her you. Insane. <laughs> no, not. on the podcast. You heard it here <laughs> oh, first, boy. <laughs> you can send your emails to Jay Mulder at Northview.org, right. <laughs> and he'll be sending them to Care at Northview.org. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, oh man, I am not a Christmas person, like at all. Like I do my Christmas shopping on like wow. Christmas Eve, and like Christmas decorations go up as late as possible, and not a lot. But my wife is completely different, good. so I will be a Christmas person. I think, I think she's, she's She'll win you. benefiting That's you good. in this department. Yes, yes. She's probably helping me That's out lots. Yeah. Kendra, what about you? When do you decorate? Yeah, so I decorate when there's a free weekend. Okay. So that could be the end of November. It could be the beginning of December. Yeah. I don't really have a rule about it. I don't like, like Your house going, is kind of minimalist. Like it you is. don't have a lot of stuff. And I don't have a lot of space. And so it's... Yeah. Do you decorate minimally? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Like I'll have a Christmas tree. And it will be nice. With like three ornaments on it? No, I have okay. I have quite a few. All right. Um, Just checking. But I think that's about all I do. Then I have a, a little Noel sign that I put up and that's about it. But yeah, there's not a lot of space. And so by the end of December, I feel a little cluttered. Okay, I need my floor space back. I need to move that chair back to where it was. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I really love it. I love the twinkle lights and I love the... The I smell know. of fur, trees and... I've got Christmas in my van right now. I bought a Fraser fur car scent oh mm. yeah so i thought i'm gonna bring christmas to my van you guys missed it because you were all in my van for ets driving down to seattle yeah, did and not you did like not christmas. get to smell it it's no. too bad it smelled like lots of things oh come on christmas wasn't one of them Christ- really i'm joking <laughs> my van smells really good i know it's fine it's sarah, was, sarah was almost offended at you greg yeah almost okay we're gonna get into this because okay. theology does matter we we defined theology last week for you as Um, Christians attempting to understand God more as he is revealed in the Bible. And so we're going to do that today with words and deeds. Do they contradict? Can you have words only? Can you have deeds only? Do you need them both? Kendra, go for it. Yeah, so words and deeds. Probably you guys have heard the the famous quote that I think is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. He says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And I think that that quote really summarizes um, the contentious issue between words and deeds um, that, yes, we need to to elevate the gospel, but you can either do that with words or preferably you can do that with deeds. And so I think that, that um, that's actually quite a challenge. I remember loving that quote. Yeah, and I did then, too when I was yeah, in high school. In high school, exactly. I'm yeah. like, I love that. Nobody needs to be standing around shouting at people or telling them what to do. Just feed the hungry. Yeah. And because we are Christians, we are called to do good works. And so that just made so much sense to me. And I, I wanted to really be involved in outreach and missions and, and food banks. And I, d- I did a lot of really good things with that, thinking that's enough. Mm-hmm. And so this mm-hmm. quote, it just kind of says words are kind of dispensable. And what counts the most 
uh, is your actions, is your deeds, um, those are not dispensable. And I, I think that um, some of the current issues that that raises up then is we can find ourselves in one of those two groups, right? You can find the people in, in the deed group where they're all about doing good things and you want to say, well, I don't just think about my faith in my head. Like that's not where it stops my faith. Actually, I engage the world and I make a difference in the world. And um, this is the effective side of faith. And then you can have the word group and the word group says, actually, no, we, we're the faithful side because we preach the gospel. And so my question then, as we think through this, is are these actually as separate and almost seem to be like enemies, but, but are they? Mm-hmm. My cards right off the bat are, no, they're not enemies. They actually serve each other. Mm. Um, but again, we sent, somehow in our humanness, we yeah. separate them the same way we do with, um, with, with faith the, and works. Yeah, in law and gospel. We yeah. do. We want to create these as two separate things. And I think part of it... Um, is just thinking, yeah, we might be more prone to one or the other and more involved in maybe speaking and talking or more have hearts that are compassionate and sensitive and we want to be involved in in the ways of our city and the lives of our neighbors. And so I think we can think that because I'm more, have a personality for one thing or the other, mm-hmm. that then that's actually the right thing. But really, I think that these, it's not either or. It's an emphatic both and. Mm-hmm. We need words and we need deeds and they don't accomplish the same thing, but they work together. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, they both serve the gospel, but a little bit differently. Words proclaim the gospel and deeds adorn the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I think if we're just going to be saying, well, actually, let me tell you a story. So I was reading this last few weeks and I was reading about a, a college student who uh, was really trying to live out his Christian faith in the world and he, um, all the virtues of faith, love, and hope, and he was really um, compassionate and, and engaging with those around him, um, really quite an effective evangelist in the sense that his life reflected Christian virtues and Christian kindness. And he was approached at a party, and I guess a guy on campus had been noticing him for the last few weeks, but he, they were strangers at that time. And he went up and he said, I've been noticing you and I've seen how incredibly different you are from everyone around. And I'm, I'm amazed. And so he's complimenting this guy and praising him for his unique way of engaging differently in the world. And he said, uh, he concluded by saying that for the last few weeks, I've, I've tried to figure out why you're so different. And I finally discovered the answer. You're a vegetarian. Oh, oh my goodness. And I right. just, I was reading this and I was like, Right. No one will ever know that the reason for the way that you behave and for the exemplary life or the kind life or the sacrificial giving, no one will ever know that it's because of the work um, of Christ, his death, his resurrection, the transformation of your heart by being one to that gospel, unless you say it. Mm -hmm. So I think that 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 shows that actually there's a necessity for words. Mm -hmm. We must proclaim what Jesus Mm -hmm. has done, and we must ascribe to him the reason for what we do. But that doesn't stop there. That's not the exhaustiveness. Right. The tension is because if you believe those things and you don't do anything, you're called a hypocrite. Yeah. So then we we go the other way, and we try to do a whole bunch without saying anything. Mm -hmm. And so these need to live in harmony, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, Go for it. To me, the the word deed uh, 
potential dichotomy or contentious nature of it. it there's a way, there's a sense in which I think, well, you guys can challenge me on this if you want. There's a sense in which I think words and deeds are actually more spectrumized than two separate things. So so what I mean by that is that there there is a sense in which actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. And there is a sense mm-hmm. in which our words actually do bring legitimate change to someone's status or, or state. Um, so if I was to, to encourage someone... Uh, there is a real way in which those words can change the disposition of that person. And there's a way also where my my doing something for mm. someone can be a, an expression of the gratitude. So do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, there, there's, a, there's an interconnection. So the reason mm. why I think it's silly for us to make these two things uh, enemies rather than friends is because I think there's so much interrelation between the two that all you're doing when you speak out and also do the work is making explicitly clear mm-hmm, for sure. your intention. So, And we see this when we're in relationship with people, right. which we all are, right? And so we can use that as an example of how we're supposed to respond to God in relationship with him. Because if you're, you know, have a good friend that's a colleague at work and you Mm -hmm. keep saying things, but they don't notice that in your actions, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't Mm -hmm. seem true. Um, and vice versa, but it has so much strength and so much power. If I, if I know Kendra's going through a hard time and I leave her, um, I don't know, a Starbucks gift card or Mm -hmm. like some of her favorite candy, like as an act of kindness, but I also encourage her with words. It just has so much more depth and she knows she's been cared for because sometimes those things on their own can be too easy. I'm not not always like don't don't get me wrong mm-hmm. here, but it can be too easy to just give lip service to something. And at times it can be too easy to just throw $20 towards something. But to do it together, mm-hmm. um it shows more intentionality, it shows more concern, it shows mm-hmm. more commitment. There's mm-hmm. I, I was reading about um this guy who's a communicator, and, and he was saying that the words, the proclaiming the gospel, that's that's the verbal witness. So mm. as Christians, like we, we're witnesses of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're his ambassadors on earth. And so words are the verbal witness, and deeds are the nonverbal witness. And mm-hmm. you know, like when you talk to people, you have two ways of communicating. You have the words, the verbal. And so around this table, there's a nonverbal communication. We can see each other's faces and we can smile and we can look at our notes and we feel like no one's listening to us. But <laughs> this you, really happens. <laughs> but through the podcast, the disadvantage of that is all of our listeners, you don't have our nonverbal. Mm. You, you just are hearing our words. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so there's a different kind of communication that happens. And mm-hmm. I think when we talk about the gospel of Jesus, we actually need to declare, like people will not know that Jesus is the only way to be saved unless we say that mm-hmm. there's there's a general revelation of god in this world but not the specific revelation of right. of how to be saved and yet it's the nonverbal witness our deeds and the outflow of being in relationship with god that actually is also very it's a loud witness it's mm-hmm. an important and necessary witness as well so is it that the the contention is more that we we actually like the phrase preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words because it fits our like sensibilities better. It's easier. Like we don't like confronting somebody with the like, 
truths of the gospel, which can be offensive. And, and I think there are people who would rather uh, write the blog post, who would rather write the Facebook post, who would rather uh, address a group of people with true things you need to know about God, yeah. but would would not want to back that up with how they live. I think mm-hmm. the reason it's contentious is because we in our in our natural dispositions, I think, would lean towards one or the other. Yeah. In, in other words, I think words and deeds is like the the giving of a gift and a card attached to the gift. Hmm. Some of us would lean more to saying, I just like reading the card. I don't really care what the gift is. Some of us mm-hmm. are like, card schmard, what'd you get me? Yeah. And right. some of us, even right. as givers, would would rather write the note than think of what to get the person or vice versa. We'd rather think of, mm-hmm. here's the thing that I know you want, and here's also, I don't really want to write the card, though. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I go to Hallmark, because look at all the nice things they wrote for you. Yeah. So. That's right. To me, they're they're linked together, but we all find within ourselves a natural disposition. I I think of preferring one or the other. Yeah, I'd agree with that, and I think that that's great. Like we're all fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord. Like He has wired us differently, and so there are going to be some people who are going to be more geared for that that's that proclaiming because we know God has equipped us with different gifts. Yeah, right? and there's there are be gifted s- communicators and preachers, yeah. and and not everyone has that gift, yeah. and that's. I think in the way that family works, the way that mm. the, God has organized the church is different people have different strengths so that mm. um, the church is healthy. But I think then we need to realize that these aren't at war. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. people who proclaim should not never do, wait a minute, that's too many negatives, <laughs> are, are not. not off the hook <laughs> to not do good deeds. And mm. the people who are really have that compassionate heart to be involved in their neighborhoods need to do that well they also aren't off the hook for actually not proclaiming that it's Jesus right. is the reason for their kindness and for their engagement and their compassion in these ways. Yeah, you had brought up another one other issue is that sometimes people will feel like they're hypocrites when they talk about the gospel, but then realize that they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's a product mm-hmm. less of us living rightly and more a product of us not understanding the gospel right. enough. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we don't we don't understand that the gospel has all kinds of categories for understanding that we still live in a body that is like broken and we are sinners and it lives in us. And that nature is not gone just because you prayed a prayer or because you came to Christ or you're following him. It's, it's defeated, but it still lingers. Mm. And so that means you're not going to be perfect. And it means that there's going to be times where you jack it up big time. Mm. And there's there, but there's all kinds of grace and forgiveness for that. And we need to own that when we present the gospel so that people, when they come to Christ, realize it's not about getting it right all the time. And it's about having this sense of, no, Christians are the kinds of people that repent often and quickly mm-hmm. yeah. instead of pretending like everything's okay. Mm-hmm. So our first three topics, I think they really do interrelate quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. Faith and works, law and gospel, words and deeds. And then, Greg, we gave you the umbrella mm. over all of these with divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Yeah, so let me uh, start with a little bit of a illustration. Um, so I want you to imagine, uh, and you're going to have to use creativity because it really isn't imagine. Imagine <laughs> I invited you over to my house. To see the decorations? Can see, I turn on your lights? I invite you over to my house. It's December, and uh, and I show you the lights that I set up and I tell you how cool it was with the remote and with the switch and all that stuff. I'm really geeked out about it. And then I also uh, show you 
uh, that we did some Christmas baking and Sarah made her sugar cookies and she made her, my wife, uh, she made the, the cranberry bliss bars, the whole deal that she always likes to make. Gluten free. That's right. That's how we roll. <laughs> but you didn't even notice because they're so incredible. They're so good. So you came over to our place and you saw the lights and you had the cookies. There, there is a temptation that when someone asks you later, what was your, what was it all about when you went over to Greg's house? That you could either focus on the lights to, and not actually talk about the cookies, even though they were there, or you could talk all about the cookies and not talk about the lights, even though the lights were still there. Mm-hmm. Th- this is an imperfect illustration mm-hmm. for divine sovereignty and human responsibility, because the reality is that both are there. Mm-hmm. But depending on if you are more of a lights guy or more of a cookie girl, you're you're going to highlight the thing that you are probably more... Um, inclined to find the beauty in or the joy in or the value in. Whereas, believe me, I wanted you to see the lights and enjoy the cookies. Like they're both, they're both Mm. aspects that were true of the invitation to come over for a little Christmas hangout time. So the reason why I say that is because there are two passages in the book of Romans that make both God's sovereignty over salvation of the who will be saved And the human responsibility aspect of the how those who will be saved are are both made explicitly clear. So here's my uh, statement up front, is that I think that when it comes to divine sovereignty and human responsibility regarding our salvation, they are both truths. They appear to contradict, Mm -hmm. but they don't actually. Mm. J.I. Packer Mm. in his book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, calls it an antinomy. It's an apparent contradiction of two equal truths. God is sovereign over who will be saved, but he's also described the how those who will be saved. And mm-hmm. in his description of how the who will be saved, it is just stuffed full of human responsibility language. Mm-hmm. So here's the two passages. Romans 8, 29 through 30 mm-hmm. says, uh, for those, so there's a group of people called the those, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So Paul says there's a group of people called the those. And for the those, what's true of the those, because God does these things for the those, is that he foreknows them, he predestines them, he calls them, he justifies them, he's glorified them. So anyone who is saved, in other words, fall into the category of the those. And it's God who did the work. So the reason that those were saved and are saved is because God, in his wisdom, in his, uh, in his uh, love, he, he decided to save the those. And then, like two chapters later, we, we think it's a big deal and it's a lot later because we add things like chapter divisions and verse divisions in our Bibles. And it's so, the same train of thought. But it's the same yeah. train of thought where he, he goes into later on when he talks about um, how those people are going to be saved in Romans 10, starting verse 14. He talks about the those and he says, how then can they call on uh, the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those good news. So in Romans 
10, 14, and 15, it describes how the those will be saved, that there's someone who sent, the person who sent preaches. The words. The, the, the words of about. the gospel. Words, right. Essential component. The, the person who is in the vicinity of the preacher hears the words. Mm-hmm. They actually believe those words to be true. And then they call upon the name of the Lord. And the logic in the passage is that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will, will be saved. Be saved. Yeah. So in other words, both those passages uh, could be taken on their own, and we could decide to focus our attention and our devotion and our energy and our affection on one of those two chains of salvation, uh, either the how people are saved mm-hmm. or the fact that God will save the those. Hmm. So I actually have, have come to my I'm, – I'm grateful for um, – Good books. I'm grateful for um, for the, the 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 sermon series in the Book of Romans being able to to both sit under the preaching and also be involved in some of the preaching of the sermon series because for me it, it really has um, clarified for me the deep truth that these two things don't actually contradict hmm. that they appear to contradict and we need to own the apparent contradiction and own the fact that this is a hard thing for us to grasp and feel completely at ease about but mm-hmm. but for the apostle paul that there is no divine sovereignty versus human responsibility it's divine sovereignty which is amazing and human responsibility which is incredibly important mm-hmm. so it's an and and not a versus and if you if you think about that that's it Think about the imagery of uh, a player who who played on uh, a football team, mm-hmm. and he had to go against versus another team, rather than realizing, or maybe down the road that he the people that he was playing against now they both joined a beach volleyball team and now they're they're both in the same team. So that's not a good illustration, but you know what I'm trying to get. I know a at. good illustration for you. Bring it. The Olympics, when there's a hockey team, Canada's hockey team has players from opposing teams. Yes. And then they are playing together for Canada for gold. Right. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. Right. So so when it comes to divine sovereignty and human responsibility, it's less like the NHL players playing against each other and more like those NHL players playing on Team Canada together. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a both and. It's, mm-hmm. it's not an either or. And I, I think our unwillingness to drop the verses, like the the divine sovereignty like versus human responsibility. Or, which one is it? Right. I think that just is a mirror into the aspect of salvation that we find most compelling and attractive. That we find most compelling and attractive, the the call to be engaged mm. in the mission or the, the call <laughs> to actually make a legitimate choice that really matters. Or we find more uh, more attractive and compelling the narrative that that we have a god who pursues cuz that one feels a little more spiritual see right? i think it does to you because of how you were raised i think that there are different dispositions among people that will find an aspect of the both and mm. more compelling that some people will find more compelling the fact that we actually do have a legitimate real responsibility to act and to believe that if we don't preach People won't be saved. If they don't respond, they're still lost. Some people right. find that that reality so different from what they've been raised with that mm-hmm. they they just they're drawn to it. Okay. And so Romans ten gets put on the on the mirror. 
And others grow up in the context where every single week they feel like, man, if you're not the one who actually does the work, if, if you don't preach to your neighbor, they're never going to be saved. And right. so they find in, in the doctrine of election and God's sovereignty over who will be saved this like salve for their, for their wounds of, of the reality that they thought it was everything was up to them. Okay, so this, I get it from a preacher's perspective or a teacher, like Kendra and I do a lot of Bible teaching. Mm. How about our listeners who are at home who are not in leadership roles in the church? Like what does, how does this affect their day-to-day decisions? Yeah, my, so I'll take a first crack at it. Uh, I think I think the, the reason why this topic matters is it provides the... Um, it provides the the pocket that we can actually sit in of the how to live the Christian life. So, what I mean by that is that if if we go through the Christian life thinking it's an either or, a versus situation, then we will either be so focused on the fact that if I don't do it, it won't happen. Mm. That we forget the fact that actually there is a big God who is going to save the those. And we right. don't know who the those are. But if they're chosen but if, if and they're I part don't of the those, preach, he'll right. let someone else, he'll make somebody else preach so, or someone else will preach. They so will one hear. of the, the benefits of this for, let's say you have a, a loved one who is uh, antagonistic towards the gospel. They are hostile towards you in relationship. If, if you believe that it's entirely up to you hmm. to convert yeah. that person then when they don't want to talk about the gospel, you can slip into this mindset of thinking it's never going to take place. Whereas the reality is, if they're a part of the those, the Lord will pursue them and win them over, but maybe through someone else's preaching. Right. It'll still be through someone preaching from them hearing the gospel and responding to the gospel. The means that they'll be saved is the same. But God is sovereign enough over the situation that he'll bring someone else in that context. So what it means is we can keep praying with hope yeah. that mm-hmm. the people who spit in our face might actually still be saved. Yeah, which is very encouraging. And at the same time, it provides that pocket of Christian living because it, it does compel us to actually live with yeah. action, that, yeah. that the inactive Christian life is not actually the Christian life, that the, the fact mm-hmm. that there actually is a call, that we're not actually being faithful to the biblical material if we don't actually tell people the imperatives of Scripture, right. that mm-hmm. it's not just enough that Jesus did it. Yes, he did it. And also now, mm-hmm. you go forward and live thusly. A mm-hmm. part of that is the reality that people need to be sent, the gospel needs to be preached, all, all kinds of stuff. And so we, we need to be both about the indicatives, the things that are true of what Jesus has done, of what that means about us, mm-hmm. and also we need to talk about the imperatives of now, what does that mean for you? Yeah. And so in this context, it means that just because God is sovereign over the those doesn't excuse us from being involved in things like uh, sending missionaries and going as missionaries and being willing to not just... Mm-hmm. Not just show with our actions, but actually demonstrate with our words what we believe to be true. Mm-hmm. Well, that was fast forward through all these theological issues. Thanks, it, everyone. It kind of brings up that same idea that between each of these, it's not either or. Right. It is both end. And that, yeah. that kind of is why theology does matter, is so that we can take these complex and maybe seemingly opposite things and, and see actually how beautiful they are and mm-hmm. how friendly they are side by side and it takes, as we talked, I think at the beginning when we started part one, we talked about ETS, how years and years, you just keep refining what you think and you learn more and more. And I think that's the beauty of us as we, as we think and as we study the scripture and grow in our knowledge of the Lord is 
we'll learn that how these things work well together and we'll live in light of that. Yeah. Mm. And one, one last thing to, to conclude with. I think we often hear, um, oh, it's okay to be confused. It's okay to, mm. to not know. It's okay to mm. just throw our hands up and say, oh, God is mysterious. And I, I don't think we need to resolve to that. I think that we can persevere. We can think. We can talk about these things and, and not just give up and not just throw our hands up. And mm. so um, that's our, our prayer for our listeners, for the people that come to our church, for Christians all over the place, that mm. we engage with the scriptures, we think about God and how he is revealed in the scriptures mm-hmm. so that we know him more, mm-hmm. and ultimately that we can bring him glory. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, there are things that we can truly know, right. yeah. Yeah. but just because we can truly know something doesn't mean we'll fully know it. True. So there's a difference yeah. between knowing something fully and knowing something truly. The scriptures mm-hmm. give us some give us things we can truly know that really matter and yet also the secret things belong to the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. John, can you close by praying for our listeners? Absolutely. Thanks. Father God, thank you so much that we can talk about who you are and how you re- revealed yourself. Father, as we work through these issues as we discuss them with our friends and ask questions, would you just help us to to find answers in your word? to seek after you. And when the moments seem like it's hard and and tough, not to just give up, but to press on and to um, seek your uh, clarity in these issues, Father. Father, would you fill us with your spirit to, to understand these things well and to be gracious as we go about learning these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.